everyone. Welcome to the Storytelling Organization. My name is Graham Brown from Pickle & Co, the podcast agency. And this podcast is all about how organizations, so teams, corporates, everybody from the you know, the world of startups up to the multinational corporations can tell better stories and how we can do that as an organization, as a team. And whether you're actually telling stories or you're enabling them in your organization, how can you do that? And often a part of that is understanding what the roadblocks are in that process. So often people say that they don't have an interesting story, or maybe they have the imposter syndrome which we've talked about before, which stops them telling a story. And what they do is they tend to either edit their story so they make it more middle of the road, or they don't tell their story at all. In many cases, people will get scared off when you talk about storytelling for two reasons. One is because it requires, to some degree, being vulnerable in front of an audience, it requires you to commit your story to people you don't know, and they can reject you. And that might be scary for some people. And, you know, especially when you're in the world of corporates, you have been successful as a result of playing the game of not making mistakes. So when somebody asks you to make mistakes, that's going to be hard. And the second part is not knowing how to do it. The second part that scares people is the part, how do I tell a story? And, and people often think that the storytelling aspect is a function of confidence. They look at Steve Jobs or they see people who are effortless on stage and they see this skill, which to mere mortals like you and me appears somehow unreachable. And that's why when we talk about podcasts, there are mainly psychological barriers to success. And those really are, is that, you know, why would anybody listen to me? And secondly, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. And what I want to talk to you about today is this idea of agile storytelling. And that really means that if you look at great storytellers like Steve Jobs or people who are effortless on stage, what you're not seeing is a personality trait. What you're seeing is a skill that's been practiced many, many times in an agile way. And let me explain, you know, storytelling really is the ability to connect with an audience. You know, I'm connecting with you. I'm talking to your pain points, your frustrations, your problems as a communicator, understanding you, what you're about and making it about me and you, not making it about you guys, this mass audience. That's a skill that takes time. And then there is the delivery, which if you're really good at it, looks like it just flows. And that's the challenge for a lot of people because they see their storytelling and they see Steve Jobs and they wonder how on earth can I even get close to that? And they understand that the power of storytelling as the big force multiplier in business today, if you want to influence people, meaning if you want to sell, if you want to hire, if you want to raise funds, it's all storytelling. And 
the key to being successful in that is knowing how to go about it. And this is what I want to talk about today, agile storytelling, which really helps many people find their start in storytelling. And many people are stuck on this idea of why, you know, find your why. Even in podcasts, you don't need a why, you just need to start. The biggest and most fascinating whys are often post-rationalizations of the journey. You know, we only really understand the journey when we have actually been somewhere and we can look back on it and join the dots. Nobody ever starts out with an idea in mind of how this is going to end. As they say, you know, you look at how authors write great storytellers, they'll write a book and the last thing they'll write is the introduction. And that's really important because if you get stuck on the introduction, you know, how do I start this thing? How do I set the scene? Then you'll never start because you only understand the journey when you're on it rather than trying to understand it before you even depart. And agile storytelling addresses that. And the best way to think about agile storytelling is like stand-up comedy. If you look at the best stand-up comedians and, you know, historically you look at people like Jerry Seinfeld and you look at how he does his comedy, what you don't see is thousands and thousands of hours of rejection. Only you see the 10% of his delivery that sits above the water. You don't see the 90% that sits below the water because that 90% was practiced in front of 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, five drunks in a bar in a back street of New York. And great comedians know that. They're not born funny. No stand-up comic was born funny. It's not a personality trait. You know, maybe they realized at school that telling jokes or being the clown, they got attention. And that was a great way for them to fit into the group. And so they practiced and practiced and practiced. And by the time they got into adulthood, they got on stage, started committing that to an audience, facing rejection, getting feedback. And that then became this journey of agile storytelling towards becoming a professional. And it's the same with podcasting, that maybe you have a disposition, a feeling inside you that you could do this and you enjoy it. You enjoy getting on a microphone, but you don't know how. You don't know how to go through that process. Well, I work with corporate podcasting leaders and I work with um, individuals who guest on other people's podcasts. And one of the rules that I share with them about how they can get really good at storytelling. Firstly, they got to commit to the journey. It's not like one and done. You're not going to do four episodes and become a master. You are not even going to do 40 and become a master. You just have to forget about that and just look at it as a constant journey of improvement. Not saying I need to get to this stage to be worthy. Rather, every podcast is a stage that you can get onto and practice your material in front of a new audience. So I do podcast guesting. And the reason I do is because it keeps me sharp. 
to use the Stephen Covey seven habits of highly effective people rule, the seventh habit, sharpen the saw. It helps me sharpen the saw. I've done over 2000 podcasts, but I still take every single opportunity to speak on a podcast because every single opportunity, it's not about necessarily me building a bigger audience, it's about me practicing. It's about me taking my material and committing it to an audience and getting feedback in an agile way. Every podcast is an opportunity to test. So the rule that I share with my clients is 80-20, the 80% rule, which is every podcast you do, share 80% of your material, which is well rehearsed and well practiced. So 80% is your existing material and 20% is new material. 80% is tried and tested and reliable and you know it works because you've done it many, many times and you've read the feedback from the host and from the audience. But you have to keep evolving and you have to keep growing in an agile way. So go out there and every single time, 20% of your material, commit to rejection a different way of telling that story or a different way of shaping that scene or a different punchline to your anecdote, a different way of wording it, a different analogy, a different introduction. All of this is test. Every time you put it out there, you're going to get feedback. Does it go straight over their head or do they go, yeah, wow, tell me more. And sometimes, sometimes people come back at you with something that goes, bing, the light bulb goes on because they've listened to your story and they reflect it back on you and give you an analogy or a way of seeing it or an interpretation or a connection to another story, which you've never seen before or heard before. And that creates a much more robust delivery. So when you put it out there to a host, you're going to get some great feedback in the same way when a stand-up comic is on stage. You know, they're not going out and doing the Netflix specials day one because they can't get feedback on the Netflix specials. When they do the Netflix special, it's all 100% rehearsed, sharpened, refined material. But the sharpening, the rehearsing, and the refining happens in front of 10 or 20 or 100 people. They put out punchline or a joke or a scene or wording or a way of dealing with the audience. And then they watch, they listen to that reaction. Did they get it? Did they double down? Am I going to go deeper into this story? I'm going to pull out. And it's also dealing with feedback, hecklers, dealing with rejection. And that's all happened on every single stage that they've been on. There's a great picture. If you can find it on the internet, Google Jerry Seinfeld, uh, post-it notes, and it's him sitting in front or sitting on top of thousands, something like 7,000 post-it notes. The, these little notes and every single one of them contains a joke that Jerry told. And he's kept every single one for over 40 years, every single joke he's ever told. And, what you only see is what looks like art. You don't see the science. You don't see the fact that Jerry took every joke back and analyzed it and thought, mm, that didn't work. Or maybe the way that I framed that joke didn't work. Or maybe the language, or maybe the timing, or maybe the punchline didn't work. 
And then in my 20%, I'll go in and do it again, or I'll just bin that joke. That's agile storytelling, committing to the journey that is constant improvement in your delivery of the story. And the way to do that, firstly, you've got to face rejection. You cannot get good at this. We all know the power of storytelling. And yet you're not going to get better at storytelling by posting on social media. It's the same reason when you look at your legs, you know, you may do a thousand steps in a day, every single day. And we think about that's a thousand reps in the gym, but why isn't it? You don't have these Hulk like thighs, like the rock. Well, the reason is, is because you're always walking using that muscle within its comfort zone. And anybody that will tell you, any trainer will tell you, go into the gym and the only way you're going to build muscle is by pushing yourself beyond failure. And it's only a small threshold difference between comfort zone and failure, but it's just a little bit, you, you rep to failure. And it's the same with storytelling. If you want to get good, you could spend your days, thousands and thousands of tweets or social media updates, all steps, all within your comfort zone, all are going to add nothing to your story. But all you need to do if you want to get good is push it beyond the failure point. That means just one, just one opportunity to get on stage on a podcast and practice and commit your story to failure, to the audience who have complete control over the reaction. They control how people are going to receive that. Not you. You're completely out of your comfort zone. You're vulnerable. Then you get feedback and then you iterate and you grow. It's a long-term process. And if you go into it thinking that A, you'll never get better, you won't. B, you don't want to get on stage, well, you'll never get beyond your comfort zone. And C, you keep doing the same thing day in, day out. You're never going to test your new material. You're never going to improve. Take it as an opportunity. When you get on stage, if you feel butterflies, nervous, that's a good sign. That's your body's autonomic nervous system telling you that this is important. Every single rock star, every single public speaker who has you know, delivered an amazing presentation that looked completely effortless had before five minutes before that presentation nerves like you and like me, those never go away. So if you're feeling the nerves, it doesn't mean that you're failing. It doesn't mean that you're not good at this. It doesn't mean that you're just going through a phase and at some point you're going to get over that and nerves are going to go away. They never go away. You always have nerves. The difference is, is that you'll read those nerves before you get on stage or do the podcast as a sign that this is important, that you can fail and therefore it's good for you. And that's the difference between somebody who may be, you know, 20, 30 year old, you know, years in as a, a rock star and somebody who's a beginner is that the beginner thinks that nerves means that they're not very good. Whereas the rock star knows that nerves are something they feel very comfortable with. They just embrace those nerves, that fear, and understand that is the driving force to get better.
So that's agile storytelling, everybody. And you're listening to me, Graham Brown, talking about the storytelling organization. If you're interested in storytelling and how your organization can become a culture of storytellers, then listen back to some of the other episodes. Some of them are prescriptive, the how-to of storytelling. Some of them are more strategic, like why storytelling. All of them will help you think about storytelling and podcasting in a different way. And if any of this strikes a chord with you, you know where to find me. You can find me, Graham Brown, on LinkedIn. Be happy to hear from you. Thanks a lot for your time today. And I'll see you next time on the Storytelling Organization. Thank you.